Mike McGee joins us every Tuesday and he brings us news from all out and around these uh, technical streets. Let's start with Twitter today. Uh, I spent Twitter? What's that? It's this stupid website. It's nothing. It's just where the president makes all his decisions. <laughs> I uh, spent too much time on Twitter and uh, I don't really think I've ever had anything go like crazy viral. So I don't know that I've ever had the cause to be like, I need all these replies hidden. But I feel as though that my story is not the norm. What is this hide replies feature? And how is it getting rolled out in the US and Japan? Yeah, so I mean, if you have a Twitter account or you're on the internet or you, you know, look at the news, uh, you know, on Google or, you know, CNN, Fox News, wherever you, you know, happen to look at your news. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no minute for, for hate there. Um, you might have heard that it can be a little toxic on Twitter, uh, especially, uh, you know, more so for women, unfortunately, than men on the uh, application mm-hmm. because of, you know, other users responding to tweets in a, you know, put it in a lightly, not so kind way. That's true. And it particularly being difficult for users when they have to interact or when someone joins uh, the conversation or enters uh, their profile to remove them from that conversation or to prevent them from doing any future, you know, harassment, bullying, Mm. whatever uh, negative word you want to use and whatever that behavior lands on the spectrum. So Twitter has been saying for years that they're, Improving and they're actively working on minimizing, if not eliminating, uh, harassment on their platform. And this hide replies feature is one of the newest ways that they plan to reduce the hate when it comes to uh, Twitter interactions. Mm -hmm. So essentially what it means is that when people enter a conversation or when you have a tweet and people reply, you now have the option to hide those replies so that other users don't see them in the thread. So uh, instead of a response creating a firestorm, Mm -hmm. um, or if a response is just irrelevant to what the original tweet was or where the conversation was going before that user entered, uh, you can now hide these replies um, to remove that from there. So you can also, you know, unhide it uh, if you wanna uh, show it again, but this is an attempt by Twitter, and they've been testing this out in Canada um, over the past few months. And but I thought they were super yeah. polite up there. They don't even need. Well, you know. Although um, we did just, just see that. Justin Trudeau in brownface. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what to think about yeah, Canada you know, anymore. <laughs> I, I would say, on um, you know, uh, um, you know, if it's a fifty. 5149 kind of thing. I yeah. would I would lean yeah. towards more than 51% are polite, but also that's probably general uh you know uh, correct in uh most countries, but you know, it's a good brand, but I I would still assume uh safe to go all in on a bet that there's a uh, toxicity in Canada and that, you know, people get harassed. You know, I would also bet that more so women than men. So, it's uh in their test uh in Canada, uh they it's shown that 27% of the users that got their uh, tweets or replies hidden mm-hmm. said that they would reconsider how they would approach that situation. So it's not a majority of you know people jumping into your mentions and then getting hidden and being like, you know what, maybe I should be better. But 27% is not 
1% or 5%. So it's something. Um, And this is, again, I think this is a, like many things, it requires many different strategies to uh, get to the ultimate goal of significantly reducing harassment on Twitter. So I don't think that Twitter thinks this new feature will eliminate (laughs) everything or that people that use the platform, whether you love or hate it or somewhere in between, think that this would be the end-all be-all. But it's one of many things that can hopefully uh, move the conversation in the right direction. Question is, you know, Twitter, Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter, has said this many times. He believes that Twitter is, he models it as a public square, and that Mm. influences the direction of their application. So in a public square, his belief and what is shown through Twitter is that you know, you want everyone's opinions to be heard and you want to do as little as possible uh, to, um, you know, limit that. But then on the flip side, there's all this harassment and it's really hard for people when they get harassed to get these users off uh, of the platform. And so it's pros and serious cons when it comes to wanting to be a public square on the Internet. That's true. We've seen it go every which way in the last uh, however many years. Uh, these platforms have been around, and that's why we have you in every week, because we need help figuring it out. Oh, wow. I can't really help much, but I can talk <laughs> about it. Hey, that's that's helping. Okay. It is really Great. helping. Mike McGee is here. He's our senior tech correspondent. He's here every Tuesday, and for that, we are thankful. Hello, Michael. Hello, hello. I want to talk about Jeff Bezos. Well, not for very long, but I do want to talk about Jeff Bezos. He's a, I believe that I've been using the word uh, quadrillionaire. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely closer than we are to it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, which means that he's got all the money in the world to solve some problems if he so chooses. But the folks who work for him are like, nah, B, do more. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, I was on the show, talked about, you know, a number of Amazon employees who were planning to join the uh, global climate uh, strike that just happened over the past week uh, all around the world, uh, m- uh, many demonstrations uh, coordinated with, you know, the UN, uh, you know, con- uh, conference going on mm-hmm. um, on climate change. And so those employees uh, walked out of the Seattle HQ at Amazon um, and also, you know, mentioned that there might be some other Amazon satellite offices involved, and uh, there were contingents from the LA, SF, New York, Toronto, Dublin, other cities uh, that have Amazon offices. So they all joined as a part mm-hmm. of the global global climate strike. And as of late last week, um, Jeff Bezos, uh, founder and CEO of Amazon, uh, announced that he would quote uh, significantly step up, step up uh, the company's efforts uh, to reduce its dependence on fossil fuels to power its massive operations. So. Uh, essentially what uh, the announcement was is that Amazon's committed uh, to the goal of reaching net zero carbon emissions by 2040, which mm. is a decade earlier uh, than called for under the UN Paris Agreement. Um, a part of that initiative, they want to use 100% renewable energy company-wide by 2030, uh, one of the key goals that that uh, employee group uh, was seeking uh, with the the uh, walkout, mm-hmm. and also another highlight is that they plan to order a hundred thousand electric power delivery trucks uh, from uh, the automaker Rivian as part of the effort. Uh, they also made a nearly half a billion dollar investment in that company, um, and so uh, 
another kind of key quote from the statement that Bezos reported was, uh, we're done being in the middle of the herd on this issue. We decided to use our size and scale to make a difference. So on paper, yeah, what that sounds fantastic. Yeah. So I think, I mean, again, in the, the group, uh, once, uh, Bezos, uh, released this statement, you know, put on Twitter that this is a win for the group, mm-hmm. uh, that they, this is, you know, the direct action that they were looking for, um, when they intended to sh- uh, strike, uh, and walk out, um, uh, to join the, the global climate strike. So that's positive. Uh, they did say that, you know, the Paris Agreement by itself won't get us to a livable world. Today we celebrate. Tomorrow we'll be in the streets in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. following through on that. Um, so they know it's not enough, but they are uh, at least uh, happy and uh, excited that their CEO is taking charge and seems to be not only just meeting some standards, but going past some standards. Yeah. or setting some loftier goals than you would think they do, because Amazon doesn't have to do this. They've. Uh, I think over the past few years, because of direct action like this and for employees speaking up and just uh, other people in the in and around the tech industry um, putting uh, the CEO's feet to the fire, we've had some positive uh, change. Um, but Amazon has always been pretty out front saying that their goal is to be the most customer centric mm-hmm. uh, company uh, you know, in the world. And that doesn't align all the time or rarely with uh, being good for the environment. So we want free shipping. We want one day shipping. We Mm -hmm. want, you know, uh, same day shipping and we want low prices and we want convenience. The way we do that now is heavily reliant on fossil fuels. You know, Amazon is competing with FedEx and UPS in terms of planes in the air and trucks on the ground. Um, They're in all these industries. And so, to do that, uh, that's a massive impact on the environment. And so on the flip side, it's also an opportunity for a company like Amazon uh, to to lead the way in this uh, mm. more sustainable future that we're trying to get to because we have, you know, maybe 10 to 12 years uh, to make significant impacts before it gets, you know, really bad and uh, for the next generation. So mm. positive news, not the greatest uh, uh, announcement or commitment uh, that Bezos or Amazon could make, but it's definitely better than nothing and it's a step in the right direction and today's theme i think is just you know the the underrepresented the the minorities making their voices heard people like these employees people like greta thunberg be loud that's the only way things are going to get done Word. Word. The app of the week is called Lil Space. One of the best uh, app names. Yeah. I've seen it. That's also a good rapper name. Yeah. Lil Space. Playing at Reggie's or something. Uh, But this app seems to have, for an app, an interesting goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's, Yeah. I mean, do you want to go for it? I can go for it. I can try. It's like, hey, put down your phone. So you can relax and yeah. unplug, but first, pick up your phone and download this app that can tell you how to yeah, put down your phone. You gotta smoke to stop smoking, Jill. <laughs> um, no, it's interesting. So it's called Lil Space, L-I-L space, Little all one space. word, all on lowercase. Like again, like super intentional. It's not Lil Space. It's not Lil Space Space. It's <laughs> all together, lowercase, Lil Space. Lil Space. It's great. Um, so if you go to getlilspace.com, you'll see a very, you know, minimalist, but, you know, fun homepage. And 
It has a tagline that kind of changes the last word, but it's forget about your phone and unplug for uh, your dog Mm -hmm. or your friends or rewards. So you have to, yes, as Jill said, you have to download the app and then you got to open it so that you don't use your phone. So essentially what this app is trying to do, available for both Android and iPhone, so everybody can get involved if you have are on one of those two platforms. Mm-hmm. You can track minutes, uh, unplug to motivate your friends, you can score discounts on wellness products, oh. earn access to digital content like eBooks, MP3, screensavers. Screensavers, what's up? Oh. Um, so yeah, it's an app to essentially track the time you don't spend on other apps or your phone. So yes, you do have to open the app but once you open the app... Throw your phone out the window. Yes. <laughs> uh, and hopefully you have another phone or on a family plan. <laughs> um, but yes, so essentially they're you know trying to get people to engage IRL in real life. Uh, and there's some rewards uh, tied to it. So uh, they have you know uh, charities that you know for the amount of hours you've unplugged, you can raise money for worthy causes. There's a community... Uh, they have, you know, this uh, in-person kind of podcast that they uh, are doing. And so there's live events. And so the idea is, you know, as they say, keep your eyes on the prize, real life. Remind yourself to be more present uh, with an unplugged. Uh, oh, you can get a unplugged promise bracelet. Oh, <laughs> does that mean I'm engaged to be engaged to little space? Yes. Engaged to being engaged with people in real life. Oh You're God. making a promise to unplug. Uh Fifteen dollars. It got baby onesies as well. So they're obviously <laughs> playing. It's the very you know hashtag cute uh, way and peaceful. But there are a number of these apps around now. Um, again, a couple years ago, Google and Apple and all the major you know software and phone uh, hardware makers are developing time tracking for how much we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or just on our phones in general. And now you have these independent apps coming out mm-hmm. to track. Uh, not time spent in terms of productivity time tracking, but time you don't spend on your phone mm. in general. So it's a little, at least initially, counterintuitive uh, to have an app to track how long you're not on apps yeah. and on your phone. Mm-hmm. But it might be the kind of the nicotine patch that you need to, you know, you got to embrace that you're not going to be perfect um, right away. Yeah. So... Little space. Also, this presumes that the people in my life want to spend more time with me. Well, (laughs) yeah, this app isn't for everyone. Like I'm talking about it, I'm not down. Normally, you know, I download and try out the apps that I talk about for app of the week or you know product of the week. But I'm good. I don't need. I don't need this. I like how much time I spend on my phone. (laughs) Uh, So it's fine. Um, Have you met people? They're the worst. <laughs> yeah. But also, I don't know. Like, I, I get the, my thing is, yeah, what you said. There's a time, a lot of people are kind of like, you know, we swing on the spectrum uh, in spite of something or in support of something. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I think it's an overall positive discussion to uh, talk about how much we're glued to our phones or our devices and, you know, it's great to have, you know, uh, interactions in person with people without the distractions of phones and whatever. At the same time, people can be very boring. And sometimes <laughs> you like you're on your phone is a good clutch. And also you're not like we're still interacting with people. Either we've 
met or we know that are not in our city or not with us in yeah. the phones. Like I feel like I love using the phone to connect with people that I don't see that often. Yeah. Um, and it's not like we're all interacting with imaginary people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're interacting through our phone with people that we know, uh, love, care about, um, or yeah. have the same subject interest. Now, of course, like I, I think there is a, it's somewhere in the spectrum. Like I'm, I'm not a big fan of people who like, oh, we're going out, and the rule is no one can be on their phones. It's like if your group or the event is interesting enough, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to be on your phone, or the phones are integrated into the experience. Yeah. But don't make me go out to a dinner with six boring people and then say I can't be on my phone. <laughs> I won't make be better on my friends. Phone. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's the thing that I think is kind of buried in here to me to just be the hater that I am, is that you know. If you have more interesting friends, maybe you wouldn't have to be on your phone so much. But mm-hmm. that's just me, this personal bias screaming out right now. Yeah. But uh, again, That was some good shade, though. Yeah, I like I don't, yeah. I just don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> uh, to you know, quote uh, you know many famous actors and many famous TV shows. Uh, you know, shout out John Locke Lost. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just that's the thing that I don't like. That part of it is like, oh, we make it an intentional effort to you know yeah. unplug. It's like, you know, be more interesting. And then I wouldn't have to be on Twitter talking about how boring you are. So that's me. I love you. You're the best. This is why we have you here. What's going on at that dot organization? Oh, that dot organ. I like that. Uh, We are getting ready or I guess finishing uh, putting the final touches on preparing for the Grace Hopper celebration, oh. um, which is the largest gathering of women technologists in the world. Projected probably over 5 million people know. Uh, 20,000, which is still ridiculous for a conference. I've never that's been a, at a conference that big. That's a lot of freaking people. Yeah, yeah, even like a thousand's big. So this is going to be 20 times bigger than that. All in Orlando, across like dozens of hotels and Ooh. convention centers, and there's going to be keynotes and Will, uh, sessions and will parties. Aladdin be there? Uh, we're actually going to form an Aladdin kind of like, since it's 20,000, going to be like 20,000 people in a room at one yeah. time uh, for a keynote. We'll do like, you know, one of those, like when the band forms a shape on the football field, yes. we're going to do that, but Aladdin shape. Oh, the whole new world. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Continue. I'm sorry. No, no, that's <laughs> actually great. I think we can. I think if I tell the organizers, let's organize this. I think they'll love me even more than they do right now. Yeah, I'm because um, we're not all busy cramming uh, and not getting mad at me in emails. <laughs> uh, but it's all for a great cause because uh, during this celebration, uh, lots of women have the opportunity to interview with the top tech companies in the world, uh, current, uh, you know, female technologists can uh, meet each other, build community, learn from uh, some of the best in the STEM fields. Uh, There are amazing uh, speakers coming uh, from around the world, attendees coming from around the world. Uh, Truly one of the best, uh, you know, events uh, in uh, tech and a great way uh, for us to spread our vision of having intersectional gender and pay parity by 2025. So it's not just about getting uh, equity when it comes to gender, but it's also an intersectional uh, approach with getting more black and brown uh, people as well, LGBTQ, um, not just entry level, but all the way up to leadership and on boards and because we all use these products and we need each other uh, to make them better and to also solve other problems that aren't currently being focused on right now. So this celebration is one of many things that we do 
year round uh, to serve women in tech. Well, thank you for all that hard work. And thank you to everybody at NEWB.org. Head on over there to find out more yep, about donate, the work that they do. Support, volunteer, all that good stuff. Do what you can.